Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Uh-huh. How we doing, sir? How's it going on this beautiful Friday? That's going good, sir. I'm finally getting over being sick, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, well, that's that, that's always a good thing, man. Nobody likes to be sick. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, do uh, drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. Also, uh, Donnie Cage has his own, his other podcast, which he's the creator of and co-host of. Sir, you want to go ahead and tell everybody about Uncaged Voice? Yes. If you'd like to listen to the Uncaged Voice podcast, you can check out the official channel on YouTube. It is co-hosted by myself, Top Tier Brian, and Jigsaw Jester. We talk about all things pop culture related from gaming to movies to wrestling. Fantastic. And if you like to listen to, uh, podcast to talk a little bit about the news current events and have interesting interviews i do uh host the current news uh red pill current news podcast we drop new episodes there every wednesday and saturday tomorrow i will be dropping uh part two of the interesting interview i did with christopher scott a man who was wrongly wrongfully convicted of murder and served 13 years of his life inside the prison and if you haven't had a chance to uh and, and we've, we've hit record numbers on the first download if you haven't had a chance to listen to it be sure to uh but as i did mention here we have guests on here also if you ever would like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for donnie or myself you can always reach us at ol kentucky 99 at yahoo.com and that's ol kentucky 99 at yahoo.com all right, so let's get into it. Uh, how we start every show off, or most shows off, let's put it that way, uh, is with the uh, my fantasy booking. Basically, what this is is John uh, Donnie picks a wrestling superstar, and I pick another one, and we don't discuss it. But uh, we talk about to you all how these superstars are able to, how their career could have been different if they were just booked differently or promoted in a better light or something uh, maybe even uh, career-wise that happened that if we took it out of history, uh, they would have just had a different path forward. So, uh, Donnie, I'll go ahead and uh, turn this over to you, sir. Thank you, Kentucky guy. Well, I've got a a big-name star that I want to talk about on this episode of Fantasy Booking. So this star, unfortunately, right now, is uh, he's no longer with us. 
passed away just a couple of years ago. It was very tragic. But his contributions to the wrestling business are undeniable. This guy got his start in the mid-1980s in the AWA. At that particular time, he was known under the ring name Baby Bull. But uh, just a couple of short years later, he would debut with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he would take the wrestling world by storm when he started wrestling under the moniker of Big Van Vader. And his feuds in this business are legendary. Let's talk about some of the people he's feuded with. Ric Flair, Sting, Ron Simmons, Cactus Jack, Hulk Hogan, Antonio Inoki. You name it, this guy pretty much feuded with them at some point in his career. He was a multiple-time world champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Multiple-time world champion in WCW. I mean, this guy did it all. But then came the year 1996, and he signed with the World Wrestling Federation. And the first mistake that they made was right off the bat, they wanted to change his gimmick. Vincent Kennedy McMahon wanted to name him Mastodon, which when I look back at this in retrospect, I think to myself, if you're going to call Vader Mastodon, then why don't you also pair him up? with Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, and uh, Tyrannosaurus while you're at it to complete the entire lineup of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <clears throat> Needless to say, Vader eventually debuted under the name Vader, which is how it should have been from the very beginning. So nothing was changed about his gimmick. He was who he was. He was paired up with Jim Cornette as his manager, which I thought was a great pairing. Debuted at the 1996 Royal Rumble to a lot of fanfare. He had to take some brief time off to get shoulder surgery, but he came back, was victorious in a feud against the mighty Yokozuna. He feuded with Shawn Michaels in the summer of 1996 for the World Wrestling Federation title. Allegedly, he was supposed to eventually beat Shawn Michaels for the title and become the champion. And that was going to happen in Survivor Series 1996. And then there was going to be a rematch at Royal Rumble 1997. Shawn Michaels was going to win the title back. This all sounds great in uh, on paper, right? Except that never happened. Shawn Michaels won their match at SummerSlam 1996 after a lot of shenanigans. The match was restarted twice, and Shawn Michaels eventually won. Shawn Michaels was known for his very unprofessional backstage behavior at that time and his politicking. Vader basically never sniffed the main event from that day forward. Yeah, he got a couple of title opportunities in 1997, most notably against The Undertaker, but he was never truly treated as a serious main event level talent after that feud ended. And that's a travesty. I just told you all of his accolades in the business. Regardless of whether he was still in his prime or whether he was a little past his prime, he was still a wrestler of a lot of value and could have had so many amazing feuds. And if you had, had made him the champion, even just one time, it would, it, it, would have drew, it would have drew a lot of people. You would have made money, you would have had good ratings, and you would have had memorable feuds. But unfortunately, Vader ended up being treated like a joke by the end of his time with WWE. And I know afterwards, he wound up going back to Japan for a few tours here and there. 
He made a brief appearance in TNA in the early days. He did come back to WWE a couple of times years later for some reunion shows, but pretty much he was never the same again in his career. And to me, it's one of the biggest missed opportunities. Yeah, I think you picked a real strong one uh, this year or this year, (laughs) this episode. Uh, Vader is a, uh, uh, he's, he's going to go down as a, a true legend. Uh, this guy was so hot at one time. I actually remember him guest starring on TV shows, uh, as himself, as Vader, uh, always with the mask on had his face covered up. Uh, he was, uh, he was part of the, uh, the triple thread in ECW. That's where I was first introduced to him there where he had a feud with Bam Bam Bigelow. Just, just, just an amazing wrestler and to be so big he was very aerodynamic i mean he could get on the top i watched this guy jump from the top of the cage before i've seen him i don't know how many times perform that moonsault on an opponent who's on the outside so he was flying around he was a big guy let's put it this way a big guy flying around from the turnbuckles before it was cool before there was any other it wasn't heard of you didn't see it now you had uh he had the Vader bomb, which was from the middle rope, but he would go higher than that. Even Bam Bam Bigelow, the guy that the historical feud that they had all through ECW, Bam Bam Bigelow was very athletic as well, but he could not perform like Vader did. So yeah, I thought that I never never really understood WWE's point there. I know Shawn Michaels had to click and what have you, and Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers, so I'm not gonna dog him too bad because that ultimately the decision falls into the owner's lap because you both work for them. He's the employer. And uh, if he doesn't want to do something, he really doesn't have to. He can just tell you to hit the road. So they had enough superstars at that time. But uh, Shawn Michaels' career, it would not have hurt him at all to let Vader have that title on the match you're talking about. I remember that match. It wouldn't have overshadowed Shawn Michaels' career. It wouldn't have affected it whatsoever. He would have still went on to be the heartbreak kid and a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, I think that's a good one. Very good example this week, man. Okie dokie. All right, so my fantasy booking, we're going to go back to 1999. Some of you listening may not know this uh, wrestler. And he's actually, uh, he's still in the game. He's not a wrestler anymore. Uh, He's been, he's actually a trainer now and a coach for the WWE in their NXT. NXT Performance Center. My fantasy booking this week is Matthew Jason Bloom. That's his that's his actual name. Now you may want to know what his ring name was because that doesn't sound familiar. Well, his ring name, you may know him when he was in the WWE, was Prince Albert, Albert, and A Train when he first started. And then when he came back at his last run, he was Lord Tensia. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right, but that's okay. So let's see. Uh, he wrestled his first match in the WWA on May 15th, 1998. He made his NWA debut losing to Sean Stasiak uh, during that time. He briefly wrestled as Baldo, a gimmick given to him by a referee, which he walked out to the ring and he, he's wearing a fur rug on his head. However, things did start to get a little bit serious for him when he was introduced to Tom Pritchard. Now, if you don't know who Tom Pritchard is, he's Bruce Pritchard's uh, actual brother. He was a recruiter, a booker, 
He played all kinds of, uh, he was a wrestler as well. He played all kinds of different hats behind the scenes in the world of wrestling. And Tom Pritchard actually hired him for the WWF. And he was assigned to their Power Pro Wrestling Development Territory in Memphis, Tennessee, where he continued wrestling under the name Baldo. While wrestling in pro in the Power Pro Wrestling, he actually won both the Young Guns Championship and the Heavyweight Championship and engaged in a feud with Memphis's own Jerry the King Lawler, where he defeated Jerry Lawler to become the inaugural Power Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. He was the first one. So things went on, and he finally came to television after they thought he done what he could do he's he's been world champion in the development industry uh and basically for those of you that don't know power pro wrestling is basically nxt only it wasn't televised but it's basically the same thing so then he was introduced on raw as a personal body artist of draws and his name was changed to prince albert he had all kinds of piercings and what have you and they i guess they formed a little small trio there however Draws had a major accident in '99. Uh, he he was a, I, I he was a very good wrestler. Uh, I remember when he was, he actually teamed with the uh, Road Warriors for a while. But anyways, he became paralyzed due to an accident in '99, and uh, that's when Albert actually started uh, onto his singles career with the WWF. However, he turned. They turned him, they wouldn't let it go that far, so he became a protege of the big boss man. And they and they stayed together until the early 2000s, and then what have you. So basically, what I wanted to get at here is you have Albert. He defeated Kane with the help of Diamond Dallas Page to win the only, by the way, this was his only title that he won in the WWF. He won the Intercontinental Championship. All right, so he won that in June 28th. He lost it to Lance Storm on July 23rd on Raw. So, yeah, he didn't even, they didn't even let him keep the belt a month. <laughs> then it gets worse. They team him with Scotty Too Hottie. And now Albert, his new nickname is the Hip Hop Hippo. Obviously, this didn't work. He spent way too much time. He was on a WWE, had a show back then called Velocity. He tried to join forces with Paul Heyman and the big show. It, it just didn't, you know, Paul Heyman renamed him the A-Train, brought him out in a new attire. But shortly after that, he was traded to Raw. So therefore, once again, they broke up his tag team title or his tag team partner. And finally, uh, he was released from his WWE contract. So here's the thing. When he left there, and he gathered himself together. He went to all pro Japanese wrestling and a few other indie uh, promotions. After he left all pro, he went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he completely reinvented himself and became the tag team, uh, the IWGP tag team title champions with uh, Travis Tomoko. And he also, so he held the belt twice and once with Carl Anderson. They also. Him and Anderson also took over the GHC uh, wrestling promotion and became tag team champions there as well. So, and by the way, during this time, he also won the Impact Zone Wrestling heavyweight title 
and the Elite Extreme Wrestling Heavyweight title. So this is a multi-time heavyweight champion by now. So he reinvents himself, and he does great in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And here's the thing. So, yes, he was in the WWE. Yes, they could have done more. This is mainly what I wanted to talk about on today, though. He returns. He returns to the WWE. I don't know why these guys always go back, but he does. And he redebuted as Lord Tensa. And he was accompanied by his follower, Sakamoto. So as Lord Tensa, Matt Bloom, <laughs> when he first started out, he was on this unbelievable, unbelievable winning streak, undefeated streak. And he actually defeated John Cena and CM Punk. However, he went from defeating these guys within a year to end up dancing in women's lingerie on national television. This gimmick, this was 2012. This gimmick, it just did it just didn't fit. We knew he wasn't Japanese. A lot of your people that still watch wrestling, they knew they still remember him as Albert. It hadn't been that long. <laughs> and I'm not a I don't know about you, you guys listening, but I'm not an expert on Japanese wrestling or Japanese culture. So I had no idea what his robe or what his headgear uh, symbolize, you know, what, what the symbols were. And I would bear to bet that probably 85 to 90% people didn't understand the significance either. So he was doomed from the start. He was doomed from the start. And it, it you know, like I said, he started out with victories over lower card wrestlers and he did pain. He did pin two main events, but it didn't last long. And he went on a ma I mean, a major, a major, major uh, losing streak. He was actually demoted to a comedy act with uh, Santino. And Santino was calling him Fat Albert. And then they actually, <laughs> Santina uh, actually went over and defeated him as well. And then he was teamed with Clay, uh, that guy, uh, Funkasaurus. Yeah. He was, uh, and they called their tag team Tons of Funk. Oh, by the way, they changed his name once again. And this time, his name was changed to Sweet Tea. So finally, he did retire. However, they did keep him on as a head coach, and he's still today working as a trainer in the NXT. His return was such a wasted opportunity is what I'm getting at. He could work in the ring, and he improved so much while he was in Japan. He could have been so much more if he'd not been given that awful gimmick. Now, that gimmick might have worked back in the late 90s or late 80s, early 90s, back when over-the-top gimmicks were working. But it just was too, it was the wrong time. Nobody could relate to it. So I really believe the WWF missed out twice on this guy. They just, I don't know how they run out of stuff to do with former champions. And for him, and it's actually a disgrace, that he only won the Intercontinental title his entire career, both times, uh, while he was with the WWE. Your thoughts, sir? Well, I think this is a really good example. Um, definitely a, a big guy that had a lot of talent and, like you said, went to New Japan and completely reinvented himself and did really well over there. 
And there was a lot of hype coming into his return in 2012 because everybody thought, well, he reinvented himself in New Japan. Maybe he'll do really well in the WWE now. But surprise, surprise, they give him this hokey gimmick that doesn't fit him at all. I mean, instead of just bringing him back under the name A-Train or Albert like he was prior, because people, people like I said, still remembered him, uh, they just decided, well, we're going to pretend like his previous run never happened, which eventually the commentators did have to acknowledge that he was previously in the WWE because the, the crowd was chanting Albert every single night. Um, they weren't chanting Tensai, they were chanting Albert. And, um, yeah, when they paired him up with Brodus Clay and they did that whole tons of funk gimmick, that, that 100% put the final nail in the coffin that was his career at that point. I'm glad that he was able to turn things around for himself behind the scenes, and he's now the head coach at the Performance Center, so I, I give him a lot of credit for sticking with it. He's obviously doing really well for himself behind the scenes now. Um, and clearly he's uh, really well respected by the people who train there also. But it, but it is a shame because he could have been so much more when he was brought back. But uh, that's what happens when you come up with a lame gimmick for a pretty good wrestler. Yeah, and I just, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he's still with them too and that he's, you know, he's uh, doing well with the NXT. But he was, at, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and be dishonest and say, oh, he was my favorite wrestler. No, he wasn't my favorite wrestler back then. But he definitely, uh, he had potential. Definitely had potential. So, I don't know. I just think they, they miss, they keep letting uh, the ball drop. And they have done this. I mean, this is old news, right? So, I just, I would like to see this part of WWE change forever. I really would. I'd like to see them stop. Stop not using people to their full advantage, especially the ones. And, you know, it seems like they always do it to the ones that come out of their own performance center, which is crazy. <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. Okay, so let's move on with the show. And we will start off. Let's start off this week with the raw results. And the first one I've got on the list is Kevin Owens. He defeated uh, Jay Uso uh, via pinfall. I, uh, Kevin Owens said he didn't want anything to do with Sami Zayn before the match. Uh, didn't want to be his friend, didn't want to tag with him, didn't want to fight him, didn't want anything to do with him. And Sami Zayn, even though Sami said he didn't care, I still seen that look in Sami's eyes. Uh, that bothered him. So I am going to venture and say that that playbook is not out of the question, even though after what happened at Survivor Series. Something's going on there. Sammy hesitated. Well, he didn't hesitate, but he looked. He he seemed full of regret after he did what he did at Survivor Series. And then he had that same look on Raw. Your thoughts, sir? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I mean, they're, they're not going to let this storyline die that easily. Uh, not with the history that these two guys have. Um, I'm sure we're going to still continue to see Sammy Zayn showing his loyalty to the bloodline. But something's going to happen at some point. Either Sami Zayn's going to end up coming to Kevin Owens' rescue or vice versa. And that's going to cause 
his relationship to the bloodline to just uh, take a turn for the worse, or or it could be something else. But I, I I still stand by what I said that by the time WrestleMania rolls around, I think we're going to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens back on the same page, possibly back together as a tag team. Yeah, no, I, I've said that. I mean, I've seen I I see that as well. I think that uh, I think they've got a they've. Kevin Ar- I think Kevin Owens is going to play more of a major role in this than what I thought he was going to at first. Let me put it that way. And uh, I'm curious to see just curious to see what happens. And I really think tonight's SmackDown it should be very interesting and I'll I'll tell you what the rumor is uh once we get to the match card but should should be interesting if things happen. And once again it's a rumor. It's not news. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, the next match, Dexter Loomis. He uh, battled The Miz to earn a WWE contract, and it is official. Dexter Loomis is now a member of Raw. This match here was uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I care too much for the direction of Dexter Loomis, if they're going to have him wrestle like he wrestled this match. I wasn't a big fan of that. However, he does have some tools. I know what he can do because I've seen him do it in the NXT. I just don't know why he's not doing it on the main roster, which he's just now getting out of this crazy storyline with The Miz. So it could change. Maybe he wrestled that way because because of the storyline. But I I wasn't a fan of... uh, I'm glad he won the match, but I wasn't a fan of... I wasn't a fan of how he done things. Now, what I was a fan of is... Johnny Gargano coming out, clobbering him over the top of the head and taking his money that he was giving away. I like that a lot. That reminded me back when Andre the Giant uh, won a bunch of money from Big John Stud and Bobby the Heenan grabbed the uh, money out of his hands that he was throwing out to the crowd. So kind of a throwback to that. All right, sir, your thoughts? Yeah, agreed. I want to see more of the Dexter Loomis, at least in his in-ring work that he used to show in NXT. Um I don't even know if I want to say aggression is the word, but he just had a certain style that he used to work in NXT that that I really liked. And I felt like they were having him hold back a little bit in this match. Now, maybe that's the intent that right now they're just having him hold back because maybe they thought, well, we want him to play more mind games with The Miz. I I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, the ending was good. The right guy won this match. And let's just hope that Dexter Loomis stays relevant now and that they do something worthwhile with him going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I can see a feud between him and Johnny Gargano now, and uh, that's needed because Johnny Gargano is kind of getting lost in the shuffle, and he's a pretty good wrestler to for that to happen. I would almost, almost uh, suggest that uh, Johnny Gargano go back to NXT for a while, not, not because of his skills, just to get a title and get back up there, because he's a small guy, and if they really want to push him push him like i think triple h wants to push him he may need to get over a little bit more and i don't know that's just my thought me thinking out loud uh the next match was the street profits versus alpha academy uh the street profits actually won this match they didn't split up or anything so yeah don't really know why they came back to and why alpha academy had to put them over don't quite get it your thoughts i don't think they have a clear direction for alpha academy right now that's the simple truth um, you know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes as far as their contracts, as far as 
um, what's going to happen with Chad Gable and Otis, but we've said it before on the show, Chad Gable is really being underutilized because he's a, uh, he's a great talent in the ring. Probably, probably one of the, one of the best, like pure wrestlers that they have in the company right now. And he's gotten better and better on the mic as time has gone on, but they just, every, every single time it looks like they're going to do something worthwhile with him, uh, we 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 get disappointed. And, excuse me, Street Profits, we know they're a great tag team. They've proven it time and time again, but it just feels like it's more of the same with them. And it's like either split them up, or if you're going to keep them together as a tag team, just think of something different for them. as some new way to utilize them. I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, this was just, uh, just an eh kind of segment for me yeah they're starting to remind me of the uh new day 2.0 street profits we want the smoke you can only do that gimmick so long and it's just you know the red cups and everything it just yeah it was it was all right when they first done it because nobody else was doing it but come on man you got private party in aew uh which is a, a cookie cutter version of those guys it's just time to change it up either go separate or like you said change your gimmick maybe but I don't know. I, I, they've been beat so many times and had so many attempts after the, after the uh, titles that I, I think that's a lost cause. I think they, you have to separate them at this point. The next match, Mia Kim, Mia Yim versus uh, Rhea Ripley. That ended in no contest. I thought that was uh, uh, pretty good. I love, i tell you what I loved more about this match than anything, was Rhea Ripley and Dominic coming to the ring. Once again, they've heard these conspiracy theories that we talked about on the last episode, you know they've heard them because they're playing into them beautifully. And the even the uh, commentator, Corey Graves, uh, even mentioned it a little bit. So, yeah, uh, I like that. I, I hope they just keep doing it and playing off these crazy social media guys who have channels and a following that just buy into the uh, work. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Dominic and Rhea are playing their roles perfectly. I mean, this is what good heels do. They just, they get, uh, they continue getting under the audience's skin. And that's what they've got to keep doing in order to keep Judgment Day over as a faction. Um, and yeah, I mean, the match was a good showcase, but of course it ended in a no contest, which, uh, you know, we'll get to what that, that led to next. But uh, and, and I kind of sit here and think to myself, well, why didn't they just either keep this as a singles match between the two of them or um, make it a a multi-person match? Like, why did it have to be two separate segments? That's the only thing I didn't like about it because I think that that trope has been overdone in WWE now. Yeah, and I think they did it because they wanted to uh, bring everybody in the ring uh, because they didn't have that at Survivor Series. Maybe they got a little bit of feedback on that. I don't know. I think AJ Styles and Finn Balor, the second part of the match when there wasn't any team members around was the best part of their match during the uh, Survivor Series. But the next match, you're right. It was the Judgment Day versus the OC. And uh, the Judgment Day won, which they should have. They won that match via pinfall. This match here was, uh, I think think it was thrown together kind of as, as a redemption match for Finn Balor. He didn't really need it because he still looks strong in Survivor Series. But it does show me that they continue. They know they've got something here with this Judgment Day group, and they're going to continue building on them. And I'm okay with that. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Judgment Day is a 
they, they weren't hurt by the loss at Survivor Series. You know, it happened. It was a hard-fought match. Finn lost, but he didn't look weak in defeat, like you said. And Judgment Day got their win back on Raw, so they're still looking strong at the end of the day. And the OC doesn't look weak in defeat either. It, it wasn't like the Judgment Day just just ran over them like it wasn't like it was nothing. Yeah, the only thing the only thing about the OC, oh, man, how many times are you going to hire Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson <laughs> if you're the WWE? I don't know. And then the last match on the card uh, was Candice LeRae, and she actually defeated Nicole Kai. It showed Candice LeRae. Uh, here's the thing. Here's a mistake that I think they're making. Candice LeRae is a decent wrestler. Johnny Gargano is a decent wrestler. The two of them together, in NXT at least, were in the Ring of Honor, were dynamic, were crazy good. I mean, they're they're actually husband and wife, so of course they already have the chemistry. Why not? Why keep acting like these two don't even know each other? <laughs> don't ever show them on the same segment or anything. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Bring these two together. I'm not saying as a tag team, but just like they were on NXT, have those segments, and I guarantee you that these two are going to get over even more than they were before. But you keep letting these guys swim alone. I don't know. I think they're going to run out of oxygen sooner or later. Your thought? Yeah, and I'm not really a fan of when you know of you know when the audience is well aware that two people are involved with one another. I mean, unless we're talking like Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, those two actually work work better on their own rather than when they're paired up together. Um, Although I think that had that just had to do with the writing uh, back in 2019 when that didn't get over, but I digress. Um, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are a, a couple in real life, and the segments they used to do in NXT were really well done. In fact, I I still think that that whole uh, segment they did with the uh, gender reveal when she was pregnant with their uh, with their son was 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 pretty priceless. I like that segment a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know why they can't pair them up every once in a while. But, I mean, yeah, it's good to see Candice LeRae pick up the win. But, again, she's another one of those wrestlers. She's kind of like Liv Morgan, but on Raw. You know, she's got talent, but I'm just afraid she's going to get lost in the shuffle. Same thing with Johnny Gargano by himself, you know. And where is Ciampa? What, what happened to him? He didn't get hurt. Is he hurt? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I... I you know, I mean, he, he just disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. So let's get, so SmackDown match card for tonight. And I just re-looked at it because SmackDown's getting ready to start. Uh, and it hasn't changed. The only thing is that they have Ricochet versus uh, Escobar for the SmackDown World Cup Tournament finale. And then there's going to be a special segment this week. And this is what I wanted to talk about. This is the rumor. This is not news, folks. This is a rumor, okay? But the rumor is that the honorary Uso, the honorary Us, Sami Zayn, will become tonight an official member of the Bloodline family. That's the rumor. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. That seems to be... Uh, and also, Sami Zayn is supposed to take on Sheamus tonight. That was just announced. But, yeah, that should be interesting. 
That should be in her. I, I just, uh, I didn't, that, that threw me for a loop. I didn't see that coming. Your thoughts? No, I'm not surprised about that at all. Just based on the end result of uh, Survivor Series last week and the fact that several weeks back, Roman Reigns even hinted at it when they had the segment in the ring with the bloodline that Sami Zayn might become Sami Uso. I I would not be surprised if they actually go through with it. Um, go through with it tonight on SmackDown. I I, I think it's been a long time coming, and uh, Sami Zayn proved his loyalty to the bloodline the other night. I mean, he could have very easily turned on them. He could have very easily not stopped the referee from making that count, but. He showed that he is he is with the bloodline. He is not going to betray them. And I think this has been a long time coming. Well, he'll definitely be feeling a little oozy today, won't he? If that does happen. <laughs> so, uh, Dynamite results. AEW Dynamite results. Brian Danielson defeated Dax Hardwood. I thought this was a good match. I <laughs> Dax Hardwood at the end, when I didn't think he was going to shake hands with uh, Brian Danielson, Actually, he won a lot of respect, and then he blew it and act like he was just joking. Don't shake that guy's hand. That guy's not that good. You shouldn't have had to put him over. Your thoughts? Well, I was actually wrong because I think I predicted Dax Harwood to win this match because I, I said, you know, it's too obvious for them to book Brian Danielson to win this one. But, I mean, obviously, the, you know, especially with this not being a match where there's a title on the line, they wanted to make Brian Danielson still look strong and still be relevant which they should because he's a great wrestler. Um, so, I mean, as far as the handshake at the end, I mean, they could they could have gone either way. They could have uh, had Dax Harwood just walk away and not done the handshake, or, you know, they could have done it uh, like they did. But, you know, good match. End result makes sense in the grand scheme of things, but I wouldn't have been upset if D- Dax Harwood had won this match. Next match was Willow Nightingale versus Anna Jay. A.S. Uh, the winner was uh, Willow Nightingale. Yeah, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this match. Your thoughts? No, same here. I this was not a match that I that I that I sat and watched to be perfectly honest because they haven't given me enough of a reason to care about these two ladies, and I don't mean that as an insult to these women as wrestlers or as talents. But you've got to give me a reason to be invested in them. I'm invested in talents like Britt Baker, Soraya. Jamie Hayter, even Tony Storm to a degree. Um, I'm not really that invested in Willow Nightingale or Anna Jay. Me either. I didn't even know who they were. Now, once I've seen Willow, I recognize her because she's been on television quite a bit. I still, like when I watched that match, well, when I skimmed through it, <laughs> uh, I still don't recognize Anna Jay, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so, uh, Samoa Joe, he defended his TNT title versus AR Fox. Samoa Joe won the match and retained the title. I will have to say this AR Fox guy is, uh, he's pretty good, but he does prove my point once again that rankings mean absolutely nothing. This is his second match in AEW. The ranking system is out the window because there's no way he was next in line for this title shot. Just throwing that out there. He looked good. Don't get me wrong. He looked good in the match. I thought it was a decent match. But, yeah, AEW is officially WCW 2.0. <laughs> all- 
WCW 2.0 or TNA 2.0, whatever company it is at this point. Um, I'm not surprised that Joe won this match. Um, I knew the Samoan submission machine was going to retain the title, especially against this up-and-comer A.R. Fox, who admittedly looked good. But if you remember way back when uh, Joe first debuted in TNA years ago, and even in NXT, a lot of his opponents, hey, they looked good against him, but they still couldn't beat the Samoan submission machine. That's just the way it goes. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. This guy, uh, you know, in a little time, a little, uh, little tweaking, he might be able to take Ojo down. We'll see. Joe's still got Warlow out there somewhere. Warlow, I mean, say what you want to about the guy, but he's a big old boy. I don't want him chasing me around anywhere. So, uh, The next match, the Elite, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Uh, they went on to defeat, finally, the Death Triangle, uh, which I predicted and you predicted wrong, nah, 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 nah. Uh, which is Pac, Pena, and uh, uh, Ray Phoenix. <laughs> So now the uh, the score is two to one in the best out of seven. And I'm glad the Elite pulled it off. Uh, I was uh, getting kind of nervous there towards the end. However, now it's an actual it's an actual tournament. It's an actual, you know, best out of seven. You know, you get behind three to zero, and God forbid four to well, four to zero, it's over. So yeah, I, I just really now they need to now they need to win the next three in a row and take those titles and they're the rightful champs and get their titles back. So your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, this was a good outcome because you want to make this series competitive. You don't want to just make it look like one team's going to run, going to run away with the victory. Although I, 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 I often want, I said to myself, what if AEW actually did that and had death triangle just do a clean sweep and win four matches in a row against the elite Would the elite ever be able to recover from that. I mean, it's just a crazy thought to have. But that being said, this I do think this was the right outcome, and we're going to continue to have a very competitive series from both teams. And one thing I liked about this match was they changed it up a little bit. It was a little bit more hardcore uh, than the previous two, and that shows you what kind of athletes are involved in this match because I was kind of worried that we are just going to see nothing but super kicks and flips off the top rope. That wasn't the case. They did switch it up a little bit. I mean, those are those wrestler styles, so you're going to get a super kick here and there, of course. But they did change it up just a little bit, just enough, and that's uh, that's just a tribute to all six of the competitors in the ring. And as far as having uh, the uh, Death Triangle have a clean sweep, well, that would defeat, that would kill the narrative that the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. It would completely kill that narrative. I think I, I don't I don't see how they could do that. MJF comes out with William Regal. Actually, William Regal comes out and he. Oh, by the way, I guess we need to talk about this. I don't even know why I didn't have it wrote down at the beginning of AEW. John Moxley comes out and to his surprise, Hangman Page shows up and Hangman Page doesn't really say anything, just lays into him and they start brawling all over the place, all over the arena. Pretty good. Pretty good. John Moxley gets free. I'd like that segment quite a bit. However, they were both removed from the arena. So here comes William Regal. And he had, he announced, and this wasn't right after, but this is later in the show. William Regal comes out to the ring and he announces MJF. MJF comes out, does a promo, 
talks talks the talk like he always does. Uh, says all the right stuff. Does it does perfectly. As a brand new, beautiful AEW belt. Beautiful belt. Just amazing. And that's presented to him. But then, it's so odd. Then, cracks William Regal in the back of the head with his ring on his finger. Or, no, with the brass knucks. Cracks him right in the head. It just doesn't... I, I, I don't understand that part. So, now, my question is, Daniel Bryan, or Brian Daniel, whatever his name is, comes running out there because he's William Regal's like a father figure to him or whatever. Is William Regal gone from AEW? Like, I don't have any idea where he could go to from here because he's turned his back on the combat club when he turned his back on John Moxley. And now MJF got what he wanted out of him. So, and I thought it was beautiful. He busted him in the back of the head. I would actually like to see those two partner up for a little bit, but why does MJF need him? He's, He's his own talker. He, he's better on the mic than William Regal will ever be. So he doesn't really need him. So I don't know. I thought it was beautiful, but I have to wonder. There's so many, and I'm not going to say, oh, he's going back to WWE like all these other outlets because they don't know that. They said the same thing about Buddy Murphy. They said the same thing about uh, Aleister Black. They don't know. They're just running with their thoughts and throwing it out there like it's news, and that's garbage. We don't know what he's doing for sure. He, I'm sure he didn't go out there and get hit in the back of the head after being out of contract on AEW. So I'm sure he's still under contract. For how long? I have no idea. But I do have to wonder what's next for him. I don't see where they're going to go to next in this story. Your thoughts? So I have heard that same rumor that he might be returning to WWE in a backstage role again. Till it's confirmed, it is just a rumor. We, we know that he left the company on good terms. He's still you know, keeps in touch with Triple H and other people from the WWE, but this does not mean he's going back to WWE. I don't know the details about William Regal's AEW contract. I I was under the impression that he was still under contract for a little while longer, but I don't know that. Um, as far as MJF's betrayal of William Regal, to me, it's very much in character with MJF. MJF will lead you to believe that he's... He's a man of integrity, and he's going to team up with this person, in this case, William Regal, because he helped him out with winning the world title. But then he just turns around and pulls an MJF and goes, yeah, but I don't really need you because I'm Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I'm the best wrestler in the world. What do I need you for? Um, so this was brilliant for the MJF character, but it does make you question what's going to happen with William Regal now if he is still utilized in this particular storyline. I don't know where they go from here, honestly, because he turned his back on the Blackpool Combat Club, at least on John Moxley. He didn't technically betray Brian Danielson or Cesaro or Wheeler Yuta. He just turned on John Moxley. So I don't know if the idea is that storyline, it's just a personal beef he has with John Moxley, or if he wants nothing to do with the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club, too. It's it's interesting to contemplate where it's going to go from here but again this could be a way to write him off the television completely and he might be gone from aew in the near future i don't know um but from mjf's character point of view this just goes to show you that there are no limits no points that he will go to no people he will not betray 
in order to stay at the top of the mountain and continue to be the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. And yeah, I mean, it's all over the place about him. And that's just what people want. They, they, they want. Of course, I mean, it's exciting, right, to be watching an episode of Raw or SmackDown or uh, Dynamite or uh, whatever the one is, Rampage. Uh, it's exciting to watch that. And then, you know, hey, uh, here comes somebody from another company joining the ranks. It's exciting. So I can understand. I can understand all these guys talking about it all over YouTube and podcasts and things like that. The only thing I'm saying is don't report it as the news. Don't, 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 don't report it as the news. Just report it as, Hey, it's possible. And it is possible. It's very possible, but I don't know when his contract expires. I heard that he was on a three year deal. And then uh, I read a report somewhere that he was on a three year deal, but he had an out clause. And then I read that, uh, he, uh, his contract ended in this month, in December of 2022. I don't know. The only people that know this for sure is William Regal and Tony Khan. And once again, Tony Khan is, he may not be the best writer in the world when it comes to writing matches or shows, but he is a very, uh, very good businessman. And that's why he's so successful. And he's not letting anybody just run off to the WWE if he can help it. Speaking of the WWE former superstars, uh, Ruby Soho showed back up and she attacked uh, Sammy Guevara's girlfriend, Ty Mello. I, you know, I, I didn't even know she was gone. So that's how closely I pay attention to Ruby Soho. <laughs> your, your, your thoughts on, uh, on either Ruby or uh, anything else about that's the last one on Dynamite. Uh, I mean, yeah, great that she's back if you're a Ruby Soho fan, but she's been off television for so long now that. I also forgot she was still on the women's roster. Um, where this feud's going to go with Ty Mello, uh, who knows? But, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's <laughs> all I really have to say about this segment. Now, is she Eddie Kingston's girlfriend? Is that what they're trying to portray? That If, if it is, that's the first I've heard of it. It's, pos- it's possible. I don't know. Maybe they're dating in real life. But, uh, yeah, I mean, because you have to remember, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara have a real-life and storyline feud going that's on and off. So, once again, oh, they're trying to blur the lines between reality and storyline, which uh, that always has varying degrees of success, honestly. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know why they – it just is – when Jericho – put the fireball in her face uh he called her eddie's girl so i guess that's why i always wondered uh if that's what they're trying to make it which they probably they're probably not i don't know eddie kingston might even he's kind of old so he may be uh he may be married i don't know <laughs> so let's see all right so we will okay so he's not married he isn't he is currently one of the most he is not in a relationship either so i don't know so there's your answer, folks. <laughs> I just, uh, I get something like that and I start wondering about it. I like to research it. Rampage match card for tonight. QT Marshall will get his shot at the All-Atlantic Championship uh, versus uh, Orange Cassidy. This will be a Lumberjack match uh, with Lumberjack rules. Um, you know, Orange Cassidy, I'm just going to run through these and then you can give your prediction. Uh, Orange Cassidy, he's going to, 
they're not going to let him lose his belt to QT Marshall. Uh, so Jeff Jarrett will be teaming up with Jay Lethal, uh, and they will be going against Private Party. Jared and Jay Lethal win that, should win it easy. Swerve and our glory are going to speak. That's all it says. Doesn't say uh, about what, but they're going to speak. Uh, Darby Allen will face Cole Carter. Darby Allen will win that match pretty easy. And then there's going to be a interview with Sierra, a.k.a. Paige, and her bestie, Dean Ambrose's wife. So, Renee, yeah, that's about the only thing they have listed for tonight's Rampage, which is only what an hour long so that's about right your thoughts sir i'm curious to see what soraya will say in this uh, sit down interview i guess she's going to be planting seeds for her next feud um although i would i would have to imagine that her her squaring off with Britt baker is not going to be a one and done kind of scenario maybe they'll put it on ice for a little while but um but i'd like to see the two of them wrestle again obviously um swerve in our glory listen unless Keith Lee is going to go go all Bearcat Lee on uh, on Swerve and show a lot of intensity and just and just like lay him out. I, I don't really care about a talking segment between these two. I'm like, are they going to wrestle or are they not going to wrestle? Like, let's stop dragging this out. Let's just have a payoff and then have both of these guys move on to their next feud. Um, QT Marshall and uh, and Orange Cassidy. Let me just say that the only decent lumberjack match that i ever remember in my entire there, there were two decent lumberjack matches that i've ever watched one was uh diesel versus sid at the at uh in your house two in 1995 and then also that year there was at bash at the beach there was rick flair versus randy savage at um and i think they called it a light a lifeguard lumberjack match that was at bash at the beach and uh that was pretty fun but other than that, I absolutely hate Lumberjack matches. I think that they're terrible. I think they never live up to the hype. The Lumberjacks barely ever do anything. So I, I, it, it's obvious Orange Cassidy's going to win this match. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, he's not going to drop the title on uh, an episode of Rampage. And, um, and then let's see. And there was one other match, remind private me. Party. Oh, uh, yeah, Private Party against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, double J, double J and JL are going to win this matchup easily. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, uh, I think you're right. I think you're spot on on both of them. So, uh, yeah. So that is uh, that's everything I've got for today's show. Uh, how about yourself, sir? What do you got? Well, I want to step away from WWE and AEW. Well, not totally from WWE, but I want to get your thoughts on this because I read, and right now I think it's just a rumor, but it's a pretty strong rumor that's going around the internet. Um, and that's that Eric Young is going to be making his way back to WWE because he has now fulfilled his contractual obligations with Impact. But based on what I read, very interesting way that they wrote him off of Impact Wrestling Television. And I don't know if you've been keeping up with that, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay, so the last time I seen him was at the last pay-per-view which wasn't that long ago. And he, his team turned on him, but I didn't know that he was gone from impact though. So yeah. So tell me more. So I read, and I don't know if it was on this week's episode or the previous week, something to do with, they literally like killed his character on screen as in like his character was apparently stabbed to death. Um, obviously using a prop knife, I'd have to assume. So they have actually not just written 
Eric Young off of television. They've actually killed him off. He's killed off his character legitimately in storyline. So there's no real way to ever bring him back to Impact Wrestling. Um, Unless they were to reveal one day that it was just this elaborate conspiracy to make it look like he faked his own death on air. I I don't know, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's Eric Young, apparently, and the end of his time with impact wrestling. That is, uh, that's interesting. I know that he just, he just made uh violent by design bigger. Like he just, uh, and this hasn't been a month ago, like a month ago. Interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that happened. I, I, I didn't know that happened. And, and you're sure that happened that they, that they stabbed him or whatever. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, looking up the exact story right now so that I can, uh, verify this I am impact too. wrestling fans. Uh, that are that are listening that are listening to this right now. Please feel free to correct me on the next episode if I am wrong about this. But I'm looking up the information right now as we speak. So Thursday's Impact Wrestling Impact Show featured a show segment with Violent by Designs, Eric Young, and Deaner in a. The segment involved Young Deaner to eliminate the sickness once and for all, which Young implied as himself. A scuffle then took place, both men attacking each other and trying to stab uh, each other with a, a, sh- a dive before Diener delivering the finishing blow. Young told him that while he was the designer, Diener was the design of Violent by Design. Huh. Young's contract with Impact ended in December of 2022, and he is expected to return to WWE. This is great. He was one of the guys uh why well, did the whole faction on insanity and I mentioned that they this is great. I I did not know this. I didn't know any of this. I'm glad you brought this to my attention. I did not watch Impact this week. I didn't have time. And uh it, it's not a show that I watch every single week anyways. I mean don't get me wrong. I don't hate it, but uh GCW is a lot better and there, there's other ones that are better. <laughs> New Japan wrestling they're a lot better as well. But anyways, uh Man, I can't believe I missed that. That is awesome. I think that's going to... So they were... How it was... I guess the setting was they were supposed to be in prison. And they just... uh, They went at it. I knew that his faction turned on him at the last pay-per-view when he lost the match. But it didn't actually show it. It didn't actually show them turning on him. It went off with these guys with a weird look on their face standing around him. So, man. uh, Yeah. So, Mr. Cage, you're spot on. That's what's going on, sir. And it actually kind of makes me wonder if he is going to come back to WWE. Well, first of all, I wonder, is he going to come back to NXT or is he going to come back to the main roster? Which we know the last time he was on the main roster, he was completely mishandled. But obviously that was under Vince McMahon's uh, creative direction, not Triple H's. And it also kind of makes you wonder if any of the other members of uh, Sanity, we already know Nikki. Nikki Cross is still on uh, Raw currently, but it makes you wonder, are they going to potentially also bring back Alexander Wolf or Killian Dane? Uh, Nikki Cross is, uh, her character right now is the character from Sanity, if you think about it. Wow. This could be breaking news, folks. This could be pretty exciting. Uh, you know, the one guy, the Killian Dane, that's her actual husband. Uh, he's still wrestling, but he's doing independent stuff. And I would assume the mat- the few very few times I've seen him on the independent ticket, he's not under contract with anyone. So they could bring this back 
oh wow, you bring back insanity, and you and that's your next faction that takes on Judgment Day. Oh, 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 oh. wow, that could be exciting. Or wait a minute, no, 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 don't do that. Don't don't bring back sanity because we've been there, done that. This is Triple H's creative mind. Put these guys with another creative mind, the Wyatt Six family. <laughs> uh, not a bad idea. I, I I would watch that. I'd be there for that. I would too. Something now. I'm gonna be honest with you, folks. And some of you are gonna be you're gonna light me up in the emails, and you can go ahead and do it. But I'm just gotta be honest with you. Something's gotta something's gotta happen with Bray Wyatt, like right now. This this is uh this is ridiculous. I understand slow play. I'm glad he's back. The honeymoon's over though. Now we need to get the business. We need to find out what in the world's going on with his uncle Howdy guy. We need some answers. You totally rid him wrote him off on Survivor Series, and I thought you would, because I knew you wanted to focus on the uh war games matches, but here we go. This is the uh SmackDown after a ma- one of your major three pay-per-views. Something needs to happen tonight, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, we, we need to see something. You know, this doesn't have to be an earth-shattering reveal, but, we, but we've got to see progression of some kind. It can't just be another Bray Wyatt comes out to the ring. He gets interrupted by L.A. Knight, then beats up L.A. Knight. Then Uncle Howdy pops up on the screen and says, he's a liar, he's deceiving you all, and... Ray just kind of stands there in the ring while Uncle Howdy Howdy flaps his gums and and we get no answers yet again. I mean, you got to give us something. And just let us know who Uncle Howdy is. I'd be happy with that. Is it Bray and one of his alter egos? Or is it somebody else? Just something. Just let us know. Answer some of these questions because you're going to start losing. Okay, so fans like... Um, Mr. Page and myself, you're not going to lose us. We're here for it. But you will lose these ever so often fans who watch out of a three-hour Raw. They'll maybe watch a half hour uh, just to catch their favorite wrestler or what have you. You will lose them if you keep dragging the storyline out. And once you lose those guys, it's very hard to get them back. So I'm just saying, true, true hardcore fans like uh, like we are, we're going to be here for it. Yeah, we're going to complain about it. <laughs> but uh, we're only complaining about it because we want to see this uh, industry last for years and generations. And the only way that happens is bringing in new fans and younger fans. So, all right. So uh, is that all yes, you had? Yes, sir. Jared? That is all I have. Folks, thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your co-hostess, the Kentucky guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, God bless. And God bless America. Thank you all.